This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Today's episode is brought to you by Fox and Stallion. Fox and Stallion is a Victorian mystery comedy fiction podcast about the best detective team on Baker Street. No, not that one. Season 2 will be airing in 2024 and is currently crowdfunding through May 1st. They have stickers, personalized in-universe thank you letters with wax seal, calligraphy, and all of it, and even a tier where they solve a mystery that you send them. Uh, They do want me to note Fox and Stallion cannot guarantee the solving of any mysteries, but they will try their absolute hardest for three to five audio minutes. This show also has everything you could want. Jewel heists, asexual detectives, lavender marriages, and a really old cat. You can find and listen to Fox and Stallion anywhere you listen to podcasts or on their website, 224bbaker.com. That's 224bbaker.com. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by the company you depend upon for all of your greatest needs, Heart Life. These stories are true dramatizations from our fair city's glorious history. So listen and remember, Heart Life, all the life you'll ever need. The wind keens as Andrew Snidge slowly pulls himself across the snow. Tiny shards of ice whip across his face and back, shredding his coat millimeter by millimeter. Every so often, a piece of hail rips into his skin and draws blood. The fresh pain is a welcome distraction from the old pain. A dull, pervasive ache across his torso. His ribs are broken. One knee is shattered. Nathan Rourke's rage has left young Mr. Snidge in pieces. Gotta find her. As he pulls his savaged body over the tundra, arm over arm, inch over inch, Andrew whispers a mantra in a vain attempt to separate his mind from it all. To see himself from above, to direct his body's actions as if he were a chess piece. Neil Henderson's camp has long since departed. Henderson gave the order to press on without him, and nobody made much of a fuss. Gotta find her. Gotta find her. Poor Andrew Snidge leaves a faint trail of pink in the snow behind him. It is the only thing approaching color in this bleak world of gray and white. The only thing approaching color, save for a thin, flapping strap of blue canvas. The strap of a duffel bag. Mom! I'm coming for you! Don't worry! I gotcha! Andrew's gotcha! We're gonna be okay. We'll make... 
hot cocoa tablets, sing folk songs, we'll play with puzzles, and we'll pretend there's a mold outbreak and we have to stay indoors, okay? <laughs> Everything is gonna be, be just fine. We're gonna go home. I'm gonna stand up. No, I'm gonna do it. He said he wanted to be shocked and that it would be like cool and I said that was dumb. So he said, what would be the best way? So I, I said, uh, hypothermia is supposed to be the most painless way. I was right. I can't feel anything. I don't feel the cold. I can't even feel your head against my chest. I feel light, warm, even. <laughs> I win again, Howie. <laughs> I win again. Andrew? Andrew, is that you? Good night, Mom. I'll see you in the morning. Andrew, wait. Stay with me. Andrew, my God, what happened to your face? So much blood. Oh, oh no. A Andrew, please, come back to me. Come on, kiddo. Andrew's breathing grows shallower and shallower as his unconsciousness Andrew. threatens to fade into coma. Elizabeth, with what little faculty she can, tries to bury Andrew in the snow to insulate him. Andrew! but only succeeds in spitting a few dozen wet mouthfuls onto his chest. I'm sorry. But she needn't worry. The falling snow will cover him soon. Meanwhile, Elizabeth has grown hungry. Very hungry. No. I won't. I won't do it, Andrew. I would, would never. Not once. Not even a tasty little nibble. Focus, Rourke! Head in the game! Let's do this! Into the bag! Here we go! There. Nice and comfy. 
Elizabeth wedges herself into the bag and turns her eyes away, but she cannot avoid the smell. The rich, coppery, garlic scent of the blood pooling and collecting beneath Andrew's prone form. Elizabeth begins to dream red dreams, the forbidden snow cones of her youth, the crystals of crimson rock candy, a shattered red algae popsicle. No! Somehow, improbably, Elizabeth has collected enough liquid to salivate. The tendrils of desire curl up from the animal part of her brain, probing her judgment No! for weakness. And she perceives another smell, carried on the wind over a snowy dune, the acrid stink of a leaking lithium-ion battery. It is faint, but she smells it before she hears it. It is distasteful. Hello? Hey! Hey, you! Cold air. Good for the circulation, what what? Now, young Mr. Snidge, where have you gotten to? There you are, Andrew! Found you at last. Andrew, stir your stumps, lad, or I'll stir them for you. Come now. Herbert! Andrew, stop that foolishness at once. You know I hate ventriloquism. And furthermore... Herbert, he's dying. Elizabeth? My word! Is that you? You have to save him. My dear, we have got to stop meeting this way. Body amputated again, I see. And by a cruder hand than mine. It was a falling girder. Ah. Herbert, please, you have to revive Andrew. Very well. You wait here. Ah! Hmm. He's dying. Hmm? Oh, no, he isn't. What? Of course he is. He's quite dead. No. No, he can't be. Oh, don't make such a fuss, Elizabeth. You were dead, you know. And he hasn't been dead nearly as long as you. His heart has simply stopped beating. Nothing wrong with the rest of him. And from his color, there's probably still One, oxygen and in his two, brain. And, and will be for the next four, several minutes. Five, so the risk of brain six, damage seven, is eight, probably... And nine, uh, and Elizabeth. ten, and eleven, and what, Herbert? Whatever are you doing? CPR! Open his mouth! Elizabeth! Come on, Herbert! My dear, you cannot give him mouth to mouth. Why not? You do not have lungs. Well, then you do something. Of course, of course. I'll get him into the car. I dare say, you've lost some weight, Andrew. Travel has been unkind to you. Right, up we go. (laughs) Come here, Elizabeth. You'll want to see this. No legs, Herbert. Oh, right, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. I've got you. Now, if I remember my Christmas cards properly, I believe I just need to apply a certain amount of galvanic energy to the affected area. What do you mean, your Christmas cards? Oh, I keep a correspondence with a chap named Victor. He used to do this with frogs. Where did I keep the... Ah, here we are. Jumper cables. Now... You watch very carefully, Elizabeth. We simply open Andrew's raiment thusly. You'll thank me later. Now, one alligator clip to the clavicle. 
One alligator clip to the pectoralis muscle. And... Ignition. <laughs> it's working! <laughs> I rather did, didn't I? We need to warm him up. Turn on the car. Does the heater work? Ah, about that. We, uh, appear to be out of juice. The output required to start up Andrew has prevented us from starting up the car. And the battery was leaking. Good planning, Herbert. It's not as though I had a choice. Ah! Do you know how hard it was to charge this accursed thing? Ah! They're rationing power in the city. They have In no- the city? What do you mean, in the city? Well, where do you think I'd been? The moon? Herbert. The center of the earth? Herbert. Boston? You are deliberately dodging the subject. You agreed to leave the city. Am I in the city now? Oh, don't you play semantics with me. Um, Herbert, come on, you guys, don't fight. Honey, we're not angry with you. Not in the slightest. Elizabeth just has some issues. Oh, it's me, is it? You broke your promise as soon as it came out of your mouth. I moved into the air ducts, thank you, which are technically... Oh, technically. Technically not part of Heartlife due to an ancient contract dispute between the company and the laborers who... Hey, look at me! Look, my hands are moving! I'm alive now. Isn't that cool? That's great, great, Andrew. Andrew. So I wasn't in the city, thank you very much. Oh, just weasel your way out of this one, why don't you, Herbert? Oh, great, fine. Not, I'm willing to put this behind me since you found us in a snowbank, she says. I asked you to leave. Shall I just leave you here, then? Why don't you drive yourself home? Oh, that's right. You haven't got fingers. And how did you find us? I followed a radio signal from a locator chip. You put a chip in me? Oh, no, no, no! I put it in Andrew. It's not always about you, Mom. I taught him to be prepared. No, you didn't. This is just another one of your half-baked plans. You have absolutely no idea how to get us home. And I'd just assume you did leave us in the wilderness to die. It'd be a mercy. It just so happens, madam, that I do have a plan. And it is baked to the fullest, thank you. Well, a backup plan, really. Just as good as my first plan, I promise. It involves a certain dead disposal driver. I believe you are acquainted. Simon, he can't see me. Well, then perhaps you should stay in your bag. I'm trying to help here. Just remain quiet. Herbert, I I can't. I'm starting to feel the change come over me, and I... Herbert, I'm so hungry. Dr. West? Yes, Andrew. Yes. It's all right now, my boy. I've got you. My pocket? Yes. Yes, Andrew. You have got pockets in your jacket. And how smart they look. No, Dr. West, the sedative. I scarcely think you need a sedative, Andrew. Look at you, slipping back into semi-consciousness already. No, Herbert, no, you don't understand. Hush up in there, my dear. (laughs) Yoo-hoo! 
We gotta stop meeting this way, Dr. West. Hello, Simon. Please call me Herbert. Might I trouble you for a lift? My car broke down. You should get that thing looked at. I'm sick of looking at it, honestly. It always made this weird noise when I put it into neutral. Like a grinding noise? Like a meowing noise. About that lift? Yeah, it's no trouble. I was on my way back anyhow. Is that fella all right? Yes, let me fetch him. Madre de Dios, what happened to the poor kid? Did the smart Woken get him? Oh, nothing so terrible as that. He survived a lightning rig crash. Mostly. Help me get him up in the cab. Well, come on. Grab your things and get in. May I put my bag in the back? In the tractor bed? With all the corpses? Yes. Hell, I guess they won't mind. Sure. Come on now, West. We gotta get little snitch to a doctor. I am a doctor. Jeez. I gotta tell you, that poor sucker looks like he's been worked over with a lead pipe. Oh, I know it. You're gonna be okay, kid. What were the rigs like? I was the first one out there, and I only showed up to collect the dead. Dozens of corpses. There were survivors, but they just asked if I had any food, real polite-like. I gave them what I had, told them there was help coming, but I reckon that was a lie. They said I was funny and gave me a shot of whiskey. Simon, do these seats recline? I ain't heard that question since Maybell Hightower. Hee hee hee. But yeah, they do. What are you doing? You said it yourself, my friend. Andrew needs a doctor. Let's see. Andrew, do you happen to know if your ribs are broken or merely bruised? Tickle, tickle. Oh, compound fracture. However, you would probably have less trouble breathing if your nose wasn't broken. There. That'll heal eventually, I assume. Okay, Dr. West, you're hurting the kid. Pain is just weakness leaving the body, Simon. Also blood. Blood is weakness leaving the body. No, that's just blood leaving the body. you hear something? Hmm? Yes, it was, um, Andrew yowling about his fractured patella, wasn't it, Andrew? Food at last! Wait, I have no stomach! <laughs> no, no, I definitely heard something. Sounded like... <laughs> that Woken Harrigan! Doc, you stay in the car and protect the kid. I think that witchy woman followed us. I'll go get my... Oh. Ow. Needle thing. What's a little needle thing doing in my thigh? Andrew, did you just sedate that man? A little. Where did you get that hypodermic needle? Uh... A gentleman is never without his fighting trousers. <laughs> Drive us home, Dr. West. I'm sleepy. The return of Dr. West brings terrible tidings for young Andrew Snidge. Yes, he and Elizabeth may be safe for now, but the shadow of the doctor is long and dark. 
Recall, dear listener, that West's meddling with the forces of life and death brought chaos and terror to our fair city not so very long ago. Though you may thrill to see Andrew restored to life, friends, know that dark deeds are in the offing. No good comes of a renegade, and a renegade scientist is capable of such enormity that all sensible policies ought to quake in their well-worn work boots. Is Andrew Snidge a sensible policy? Find out next time as the story of our fair city continues. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved! By Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221 B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at 224BBaker or on our website, 224BBaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.